0: Hello everyone, this is Solomon, and this is Higit, and welcome back to another episode of the Student Docs podcast series. Um, We hope we didn't scare you from our last episode on hypernatremia. Why is something scarier coming up? Uh, (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say scarier. I think it's a little bit more complicated, Um, but we're going to try our best to simplify things um, the best we can. Um, and what is it what is the topic hyponatremia okay hyponatremia yeah well it's in the name hyponatremia low salt in the blood so especially um, sodium yes so this this is what we're going to discuss um like i said it's a little bit more complicated and um normally this if someone presents with that you want to make sure you're distinguishing that from hypernatremia because the symptoms kind of Are similar, right? Yeah, that is kind of annoying because a lot of times
1: it's just lethargy, headache, uh, just general weakness, Uh, and even when something when when it gets severe, people show uh, signs of seizure. Um, They can end up in coma, for example, and if it gets serious enough, you got you can also end up with brainstem herniation. Can you tell? Can you tell me why that is important?
0: Yeah. So the brainstem herniation actually sometimes could result from trying to overcorrect um, hypernatremia, where you, by overcorrecting it, you actually cause cerebral edema, which could lead to that brainstem edema. So um, brainstem herniation. Sorry. So that's one thing to be watchful of. But most of these uh, hypernatremic states and the symptoms are mild. Um, but it, as you can see, if it gets Um, if it progresses, it can
1: get really bad. Okay. All right, then. So let's dive right in. Um, Can we talk about the uniqueness with this situation? What exactly makes it a
0: little more tricky to understand? Yeah. So um, with hyponatremia, it's very important that you kind of, well, it's important to get the lab values, but also understand it from a from two levels and what i mean by that is you have to understand it from an osmolality level and then a volume state level right so with osmolality you have to make sure that you um, are checking for the amount of it's a word that we've thrown around a lot um, but you want to make sure that you're checking for the solutes um, amount in the fluid and um, the the real definition or the, the quicker way to do it is you take like the sodium you multiply it by two you take your glucose you Divided by 18, and you take your blood urea nitrogen, which is your BUN, um, and you divide it by three, and you combine all of these numbers, and it'll give you a value. And normally, we use this um, to help us understand um, hyponatremia because with hyponatremia, sometimes you don't really have a true hyponatremia. Your, your sodium level is actually not low. So you can see where the confusion can come with that yes um we'll get to
1: the not low part in just a little bit let's start off a little bit with uh the
0: hypertonic hyponatremia situation Mm. so hypertonic and hypotonic and isotonic i'm sure words that you've heard before um when we talk about Tonicity, um, it's it's very similar to osmolality, except that we don't consider that BUN. Um, we don't add that to that equation that we, we talked about. And that's because BUN can freely move around. So we don't really add it, but it's very, very similar. So kind of think of osmolality and tonicity as the same thing for now. Um, so when we talk about hypertonic state, we mean is that it's like you have excess um, osmolality Right, excess um, concentration of things in general. Yes, basically. Yes, that's one way to think of it. Um, so you you think that if your solute is high, your sodium should be high because in the equation sodium is part of it. But you also have to remember that there are other things like glucose that's in that's part of the equation. So you could be uh, hypertonic, but also hyponatremic. Um, so let me guess, mm. that's probably when glucose is too high. Yes. So, in a state of, say, hyperglycemia, if you think about it, you have too much glucose. You're hypertonic, so fluid is going to move. In this case, water is going to move from the intracellular compartment and then try to come into the extracellular compartment. And when that happens, it's going to dissolve or dilute um, the sodium that's available. So you're going to see hyponatremia, but in reality, you're not quite hyponatremic, right? It's just the movement of the water has caused the change,
1: and imbalance there. Yeah, that's that's a tricky situation to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about how this is taken care of, uh, and such treatments uh, later on. And let's talk a little bit about isotonic situation, isotonic hyponatremia. This is the one that we mentioned earlier that it could simply just be a kind of lab manifestation. The reason why this can happen is because um, there can be increased proteins, um, and there can be in- increased lipids, mm-hmm. and as we mentioned, uh, just having a lot of solutes within your um, within your uh, serum that can that can uh, s- uh, that can falsely manifest as
0: hyponatremia. Yes, yes. So sometimes with these because prote- because these lab machines, right? Some of them they have to take when they're reporting like uh, your sodium level, they take the sodium and then they divide it by um, the plasma water. And so if um, that's, that's how they do it, but that's how it's reporting it. But in reality, um, the machine is actually like taking your sodium and dividing it by your plasma volume. So if you increase your lipids, if you increase your proteins, your plasma volume increases, right? And in reporting that it's going to show it as hyponatremia because if your sodium divided by your plasma volume, your plasma volume is increased, then it's going to be showing up as, um, bigger denominator so sodium level decreases right and that's that's where you see so most of the time with this it's a lab error and um, you have to be aware of that when or no kind of I mean the lab if you're working in the hospital setting the lab should know and that's why they're, they pay people to work in the lab yeah and just just calling something lab error
1: doesn't mean that the patient is completely normal mm. for example why, why well, what is one
0: situation where you can have increased proteins Mm. In yeah. situation yeah so like for instance multiple myeloma right yeah you could have a lot of protein um or if they have some form of dyslipidemia um you could see mm-hmm. like excess lipid so that's a very good point actually i
1: was thinking of rhabdomyelosis because of how common that situation is that disease has mm. where there's just proteins from the from the muscles that, that are being released straight up into the blood mm. a very painful disease mm. um, but uh that, that was just a side note yeah so um are we ready to move on to hypotonic yeah. hyponatremia?
0: Yeah. So when we talk about the hypotonic hyponatremia, think of this as like the true state of hyponatremia, right? Because here your osmolality is decreased and also you have low sodium. Now. Um, it's, it's important to define what that low sodium is because, uh, like I said before, um, normally in, lab, uh, in medical school, the lab the normal ranges are given to you. Um, and I think normal sodium is around one hundred and thirty-five milliequivalents per liter.
1: Yeah, anything below one hundred and thirty-five is considered a little lower, mm-hmm. um, and anything below one hundred and twenty, I believe, is the one that is considered severe hyponatremia.
0: I see. So yeah, but so that's just the lab value. But like I said, don't. Stress too much about lab values normally, they're given, except the ones that you really have to know, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, we'll worry about that later, anyway So, hypotonic hyponatremia this is a true state of um, um, uh, hyponatremia. And with this, now we can consider the, diff- the second level, which we've talked about. Remember, now we've, we've discussed the osmolality. Now we want to discuss the volume state. So when we talk about a hypotonic hyponatremia, then we can talk about things such as uh, hypovolemic hyponatremia, euvolemic hyponatremia, and hypervolemic hyponatremia so this is the second level and we want to make sure that we're getting things sorted out
1: yes and um we understand that this is a podcast but the way how what actually let us set this entire topic in our mind is just creating a flowchart yeah. so we recommend that too when you are actually uh going through this topic uh,
0: at your uh, in your class yes that's a very good point so when we talk about hypervolemic hyponatremia essentially you have too much volume but you also have less um, sodium, right? So anything that, any disease state, I guess, um, or most disease states that causes volume overload, like if you have a congestive heart failure, your heart is not being able to pump blood effectively. So blood is not moving around um, um, well enough. So you have like too much volume around in your ECF and that's going to dilute your um, sodium levels. So you end up with hyponatremia um, based of the underlying condition. So with these, normally it's helpful to treat the underlying conditions. And, uh, over time you see that resolve. Hopefully it's, it's something that can be treated. The underlying condition is something that can be treated easily. Another way to think of it, like if we have like diabetes, you see a, a situation where it's known as asthmatic, um, diarrhea And, um, this is like, um, pretty much the word, it's, it's kind of similar actually to like being in a hypoglycemic state. That we, which yeah, we talked yeah, about. we talked about that. Yeah. So, what is just being put in and, and diluted and everything else? Um, so, that's those, I guess that is uh, um, the hypervolemic, hypernutrinic state, right? Mm-hmm. But we can also have uvolemic. Um, and uvolemic, again, they use the term uvolemic, but in reality, it's actually. Uh, hypervolemic. Yeah. Um, it's it's just—it's also called subclinical hypervolemia.
1: <clears throat> so, it, and uh, the treatment uh, can overlap
0: a little bit here and there. I see. Yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. Yes. One disease actually that helps us understand um, this uvolemic state is uh, uh, syndrome of in- inappropriate antidiuretic hormone. Now, if you recall, antidiuretic hormone uh, released by the posterior pituitary and in the kidneys. It helps insert aquaporins to reabsorb water. So if you think about it, if you have uh, a disease state where you are overexpressing uh, or overproducing antidiuretic hormone and the receptors are functioning as normal, then you're going to cause too much water to be reabsorbed because too much is inserted. And this is going to lead to a hypovolemic state, right? So that's one thing to think about. And then the last one um, for the hypovolemic hyponatremia it's best to kind of categorize this as either renal causes or non-renal so if it's non-renal you kind of want to think of things such as vomiting vomiting is is one
1: and um pancreatitis somehow does it too Mm. but uh we haven't learned uh endocrine yet
0: i see we'll get into that next next year yes and we probably don't want to confuse people much right Um, but the renal causes like you can think of things that are affecting the kidney so if you're on a drug such as a thiazide which is a loop diuretic it's going to cause you to um, urinate excessively right because it's a diuretic that's what it does yeah because
1: remember uh, it is it is going to depend on sodium excretion Mm. and we
0: said wherever sodium goes water follows yes yes and then these loop diuretics also block sodium channels right so if you can't get in the sodium, water and sodium, you, you get those out, and so you're going to be hypovolemic and hyponatremic. Another um, one that's kind of common is adrenal insufficiency, because in this case, again, if you think of the renal, um, you, you don't have a production and a that um, We talked about it in certain, like, the ENAC channels that pull sodium, um, and where sodium goes, water goes. So if you can't really do that, then you lose both sodium and water. Um, that could lead to that state. so um, it helps to kind of categorize things and like Said said just kind of draw um, and out, have an outline and that would help sort these things out. Yes yes
1: um, and also there's one uh, one more disease that we, we forgot to mention is salt losing uh, nephropathy it is exactly as it sounds <laughs> yeah
0: that's uh, good yeah Want to get into treatment now? Yeah. So with the treatment, um, with hyponatremia, you kind of you kind of have to focus on like what the volume states are. So like if there's a uh, if there's hypovolemia, you can do the isotonic saline, right? If it's uh, euvolemic, then you know that it's technically hypovolemic, so you can do water restriction of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's hypervolemia. You care about the, the volume, but you also want to make sure that you, you're not increasing the sodium amount. So you can do both sodium and water restriction. And uh, with this, again, rate is very important. Like how fast you give things um, is going to matter.
1: Yes. Um, obviously, this is something that uh, we're going to learn a lot more when, when we get a, a little more hands on and, and into the clinics and uh, hospitals more, but uh, for now. The general uh, idea is to give about uh, uh, four to six uh, 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 milli equivalents. Milli uh, yeah. yeah. There's so many letters yeah, here. Uh, Just honestly, milli equivalents uh, per liter uh, for uh, every 24 hours. It's it's a very slow process, and the patient has to be in the hospital so that everything is being maintained and uh, monitored. Um, when this is done, everything hopefully will be fine and good.
0: Yeah. But when, when things go wrong,
1: they go wrong really bad. Do you want to talk about that?
0: Yeah, yeah. So one of the complications that we were told um, when we were in this class is that sometimes when you overcorrect, again, overcorrection is not a good thing. Um, you, it can lead to I- iotrogenic cerebrosmotic demyelination. It's a fancy big word, pretty much just showing that you can, um, um, it's, it's like water will leave the, the cells, right? So the neurons will be affected. It's, I, the way I think of it is like shrinking the neurons. In a
1: sense. Yeah, kind of like, I
0: just think of, I just look at the word demyelination, and
1: there, there's myelin sheath that is just being lost by the axons, and that is going to mess up nerve conduction by big time. Um, this is going to develop because of uh, rapid uh, sodium correction. Um, and the, the thing with this is that it can also happen a long time after it after the correction happened Like maybe even a few days after oh really so monitoring the patient is uh, crucial for this one It's, it's because anything neuro uh, related issues are
0: irreversible. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal So, mm-hmm. Yeah, but as a first-year medical student, you probably don't have to worry about it too much until <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, you get to your rotations and uh, in practice. But this was a good thing to understand. Build the fundamentals, and then you'll be, be good to go, hopefully, in the future. Mm-hmm. But I think that, that pretty much covers uh, most of uh, hyponatremia at this stage.
1: Yes, uh, thank you for tuning in,
0: and uh, stay tuned for
1: the upcoming uh, podcasts. Yes, yes, it's been fun.
0: Have a great day.